we uh, are going to read together now for Martha speaks to us. I've asked Phoebe if she'll read First Thessalonians 5. Um, and I've got the passage on the screen as well. Thank you, Phoebe. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. You know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day would be should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. You do not belong to the light or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting faith and love as a breastplate and hope of salvation as a helmet. But God did not disappoint did not appoint us to suffer and wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace, peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. But this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do, too. do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you, Phoebe. Um, so, that was reading Malcolm asked for, and I'm going to hand over to Malcolm. Uh, Lord, Speak to us through Malcolm, please, uh, to bless him, fill him with your spirit, and help us to open our hearts to your word through him. Thank you, Malcolm. Good morning, all. Well, uh, this isn't the April that we wanted or expected. We wanted to, to go to the Bethel uh, on Easter Sunday, golf tournament, Wimbledon, and picks. I love April. It's not the April that we wanted. But this is the April that we've been given daily reports of disease and death, a world economy that's plummeting like a stone, unexpected unemployment on the rise, isolation and this. Our family fear for the health of our NHS workers. We fear this microscopic COVID culprit that stalks the streets like a thief. So we need to brace ourselves and adjust 
our expectations in 2021, but the version, it's time for a, a deep breath, some a steady resolve, a renewed faith, and a few decisions. And I'd just like to dedicate this morning to suggesting three essential emotional tools that you need not only to survive, but to thrive during the rest of this April. Number one, you're going to need some gratitude. You're going to need some gratitude. Collect all your blessings. Catalogue all your kindnesses. Assemble your reasons for gratitude and recite them often. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in that reading that we just had from 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16 to 18. He said, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will, give thanks in all circumstances. Those are pretty big phrases, aren't they? Note the totality of those words. You see, gratitude is always an option. It's not always easy, but it's always an option. It was for, for Matthew Henry, this famous scholar, was robbed by, by thieves. His purse was taken, and on the day that happened, he wrote these words in his diary. Let me be thankful because, first, I was never robbed before. Second, because after they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, my all was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. Make it your decision to find reasons to be grateful in these very challenging days. But this, this week, more than any, find that reason to be grateful. Our Easter services last week reminded us how much we have to be grateful for in demonstrating our Lord. I might be talking to some people who've lost much over the last months or so. You've lost perhaps some sleep, you've lost some peace, you've lost some of your emotional well-being, perhaps. May God give you strength. May he lift you up. And may you remember what Jesus gave you, no one can take. And that is the forgiveness of sins and the promise of a resurrected body and a resurrected land with a resurrected Lord. And that day seems to be soon coming. Just learn a lesson from Sister Ivy Boo, who belonged to, to Old Trafford. Remember, many of you will remember Ivy. I remember receiving a call from Ivy telling me her bicycle had been stolen out the shop, outside the shops where she lived in Withington. She used to use the pannier basket for her shopping. And I expected her to be distraught and crying. Almost sense Ivy beaming through the phone. She was so happy. She chuckled, Malcolm, out of all the bikes they could have stolen, they took mine. The following week, Ivy told a police officer who visited her regularly what had happened. The officer told her colleagues and a collection was made. And lo and behold, in a couple of weeks, the officer knocked on Ivy's door and presented her with a new bike. I wonder if God is telling us what he told Ivy, that he will provide. He can bring blessings out of a stolen bicycle. 
God will take care of us. God will take care of you. You can be grateful. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 33 to 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Just give your attention to what God is doing right now and do your best not to get worked up. The Greek word for worry literally means divide the mind. When we worry, we're dividing our mind. We're scattering our thoughts. Just one day at a time, God will give you enough of what you need. Next time those voices of anxiety come, you just counter them with promises from God's word. Worry takes a look at a catastrophe and says it's all coming unraveled. God's word says of Jesus, he has done everything well, Mark 7 and verse 37. Worry says the world's gone crazy, but God's word calls God the blessed and only ruler, king of kings and lord of lords, in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 15. Worry wonders if anyone is in control, but God says, God's word says, God will meet all our needs. The Apostle Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. Faith until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We have trust and we have reason to be grateful. So first I urge you, sorry, some gratitude. And then number two, set your mind on serving others. Set your mind on serving others. Resist the urge to be self-focused and set your mind on serving others. We need one another to be mindful of others. Be the family member who, who washes the dishes. Be the colleague who reads out to check on the others. Be the neighbour who offers to help the elderly couple. You'll be better because of it. Research has borne it this out. When volunteers wearing an MRI scanner told they would giving money to charity, areas of their brains associated with pleasure lit up like Christmas trees. Are you seeking joy? Doing good does good for the doer. It always has. Jesus says it is better to give than to receive. Lots of things have been cancelled by the coronavirus, but love is not one of them. I believe that this is a defining moment for the church. I believe that we are uniquely equipped to be mindful of others. And this is an opportunity that we have to be the church at our best. We are, we are a modern day version of Joseph, if you like, 
in the Old Testament. He was the 11th of the 12 sons of Jacob. The other brothers didn't like Joseph, so they took it out on him and they threw him in a pit because they decided that they would rather have the money of selling him into slavery than have the hassle of killing him. Well, you know the story. He ended up in Egypt and he worked his way up the ladder until finally he was prime minister of Egypt, assigned with the task of overseeing the nation during seven years of famine. So for seven years, he stored up grain in the silos of Egypt. And consequently, because he had stored up, he could give out. We have stored up. Our world is facing a famine of hope. But if you are in Christ, you have hope in you. Don't hold back. Your neighbours need hope. Your friends need hope. Your work colleagues need hope. Just reach out to them. Go on the offensive. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you are thinking of them. Everybody in the world has just received a wake-up call. We've all been reminded of the brevity of this life, the frailty even of the healthiest and and the most powerful among us. And we've all been reminded how much we need God. Think of others. Pray for others. Pray for those afflicted with this virus, who've lost loved ones. Let's pray for our neighbours, our NHS workers, government leaders, church leaders, those making daily deliveries, those creating vaccines. So we need to respond with gratitude. We need to be mindful of others. And then one final word, and that is determination. Determination. It's time for some good old-fashioned resolve. It's time for that determination that says, this is tough, but my faith is tougher. It's a challenge, but God has helped me face challenges before, and I'm going to trust him. I believe that he's going to be with me through this, because that's what God does. This isn't the April that we wanted, but the hope of God is still solid. The throne of heaven is still occupied. Romans 8 verse 28 is still in your Bible. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And what God has promised to do, he will do. Just fix your eyes on hope. Those three words, those three decisions. First, gratitude then others, then determination, G-O-D. Fix your eyes on God. He's going to help us. Turn your attention towards him. He will lead us. Lean into him. Let these days be full of heartfelt prayers. Ask him for strength. Ask him for patience. When ancient sailors sketch maps of the oceans, they disclose their fears of the vast, unexplored waters. In those places where, as far as they knew, no person had gone, the navigators would write phrases like, here be demons, here be dragons, here be sirens. Were somebody to draw a map of your world, is there a part of your future 
we would find the words, here be demons, here be dragons, here be sirens. Is there a part of these uncharted waters which we are sailing that brings you nothing but fear? If so, draw some inspiration from Sir John Franklin. He was a, a master mariner from the days of King Henry V. Distant waters were a mystery to him, like all the other navigators. But unlike his colleagues, Sir John Franklin was a man of faith and follower of Christ. And the maps that pass through his care exist until this day and show his trust in God. On them, he had crossed out those phrases, here be demons, here be dragons, here be sirens. And each place he had written the phrase, here be God, here be God, here be God. God knows what the future holds, and I'm convinced that he will give us what we need when we need it. I'm also utterly convinced that this is a, a golden opportunity for us to be the Josephs in this generation and open up the granaries of hope to all who will receive it. No, it's not the April that we wanted, but it's the April that we've been given. And God is right here with us. May God bless you as you ask him to serve him. Amen.